It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. My name is Brandon Bainey, and joining me is Ryan Skaggs, our resident uh, North Idaho expert, District 1, District 2 breakdown weekend we got. What's going on, Skaggs? How you doing? I'm doing well. Just uh, sans flannel today. So <laughs> That's right. You've gotten a reputation up there now as the flannel guy, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That was uh that was how I was addressed at Bonner's Ferry on Saturday. So but uh, no, that was a that was a super cool environment and we'll address that when we talk about football. But um yeah, no, just doing good prepping for snow possibly tomorrow night. So yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I really can't wait. Yeah. So yeah. I gotta get the snow blower out and uh all lubed up and ready to let it ready to go. So yeah. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Um <laughs> let's 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 dive into it. Uh we had state cross country, state volleyball, state football playoffs all take place last week. State swimming is this weekend. We'll have a swimming recap for you on next week's prepcast. And um, also Lord's State football, of course. Uh, let's let's dive into state cross country, where the story is Anastasia Peters from Post Falls. Uh, she is the premier distance runner for female athletes in the state of Idaho. Uh, she wins the 5A title by more than 50 seconds over second place Allie Bruce of Boise High. What a, yeah. what a win! Yeah, that wasn't even it wasn't even close and. You know, that was a well, not an easy course either down in Lewiston, the, the LCSE course that they have set up there. It's not far from Lewiston High School. Um, but, yeah, just an awesome job by her and a, a, an amazing, you know, accomplishment, what she did as far as, you know, I know that you've got a record, but when you told me that, it kind of blew me away of her being the only Idaho girl to, what was it, like finish under 17 in a 5K? Yes. So Marlo Herfer, who is kind of the preeminent writer in, in terms of distance running and cross country in the state of Idaho. I mean, she is the go-to and we are so fortunate that she lends her talents to us uh, at Idaho Sports Up. She wrote a great recap of everything that happened at state cross country this year up in Lewiston. And she, she says, and when she says something, I take it as gospel. I mean, because she would know. She said that Anastasia Peters is the only Idaho girls distance runner on record to run a sub 17 minute 5k. Now her championship winning time last Saturday was 16:56:07, and I guess last year at the Inland Empire Challenge on the same course she ran a 16:53. So that is kind of the standard. Um, but what an incredible performance! Yeah, an amazing job for her and and a. And a- awesome finish i mean that was just fantastic for her and you know there was a number of area runners that did really well there too so um i know that you'll recap some of the some of the finishers but um all in all i mean it was a great showing from from schools from the north really kind of turned out at state cross country definitely so in in marlo's recap and if you haven't read it yet you should it's on the homepage at idahosports.com she talked to the boise high coach aaron olswanger and uh here's part of what the article says Olswanger said the 5A girls race was over from the gun, and he had instructed his girls to not chase Peters. Quote, 400 meters in, Peters had an eight-second lead. I, ha- <laughs> I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. From a team perspective, I didn't want any of my runners to go out with her. <laughs> That's like one of our you know, high school kids chasing Usain Bolt. Like if you do the equivalent in the 100, an eight-second lead – at 400 meters is that's a monstrous lead. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> so way to go, uh, Anna Peters from Post Falls. Just no, that's like half a foot. That's literally half a football field within the first. That's like a lap around the track, essentially 400 meters. That's insanity. That's so crazy. Yeah, what what a treasure to have up there in North Idaho, and of yeah. course she'll do great things in track and field season. As well. well, I mean. You know, you look at what Post Falls has been able to put out with with Sam Samantha Wood last year, and then Anna Peters this year. I mean, that's just yeah, it shows a lot with the dedication of the kids up here. Yeah, it's it's really awesome to see. Um, you know, other highlights from state cross country, I think, would be at the three A level, where uh, both the boys and girls individual champs came from up north. Uh, McKenna Kozalu from Coeur d'Alene Charter wins her second consecutive three A title, um, and again. Uh, Brett Hill, the Sugar Salem head coach, had a glowing comment uh, about McKenna 
in, in our recap that Marlo wrote. He said, the Coeur d'Alene Charter Girls, she's looking at an elite Division One scholarship. So that's okay. pretty high praise from a guy who's won 51 state titles in track and field and cross country at Sugar Salem. He knows what he's talking <laughs> about. So that's high praise. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, there's I know that it was an easy recruiting trip for a lot of the big sky schools because their, their championships were in Cheney last weekend. Um, I know that there was quite a few that were present in Lewiston on Saturday. Let's put it that way. So, <laughs> yeah, that just makes sense, right? So, McKenna Kozlu from Cordelay Charter wins her second consecutive 3A title. Uh, and then on the boys' side, uh, Timberlake Jr. Jacob Barnhart wins the boys' title in a time of 15 minutes, 47.56 seconds. So, way to go, Jacob Barnhart from Timberlake. Yeah, and I think he finished last 10th last year. And uh, they, had a, they had an article about him in the quarterline press up here they did a great write-up on him and you know he was just saying like you know i finished 10th and I, I didn't feel satisfied with how i finished and i had a goal in mind and i put my mind to it and trained my body to do it and accomplished it and that was that was awesome like to read that the kid you know has that big of a drive to go win a state championship and he did it and uh so hats off to him and and bringing that title home that's pretty awesome yeah, what an improvement to go from 10th to 1st. That's a pretty big leap. You don't see that all the time in cross country. So congratulations to all of our runners that went over to Lewiston and uh, competed in state cross country this past week. Uh, we had some really impressive times put out. Um, so the North teams got to be home somewhat for cross country. They had to hit the road for volleyball. Everybody was over in East Idaho last week uh, for state volleyball competition. Anytime we're talking about volleyball up north, Ryan, we got to start in the White Pine League where the Troy Trojans repeat yep. as 1AD1 champs. Yeah, just a, a great job by them. And we, we said it kind of on the prep cast last week. You could take the top four teams, but even though only the top three get to go, the top four teams of the White Pine could go one through four at state pretty easily. Um, and we saw something close to that when, when Genesee obviously played Troy for the championship. And um that's just a great job by those ladies and, and the coaching staffs i just i think is a testament to to the, the the dedication to the sport um schools that size and being able to compete at the level that they do is just awesome and so congratulations to troy on the championship and you know genesee being runner up and and everything obviously nothing to hold your head down about when your league foe is the state champ so you know you did all you can do and that's that's a great job by both teams yeah, so Troy really only got pushed one time. It was in that first semifinal on Saturday. They were playing Murtaugh, and it went five sets, and Troy had to battle, and they won that fifth set 15-13, to 13, which is about as close as it gets. Yep. And so everybody was like, oh, man, can't wait for Murtaugh to get back through to see how they do in the rematch. Well, Genesee was like, yeah, thanks for playing. We'll just kick you over to third place, and we'll we'll take your spot in the championship. <laughs> we'll take that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. So uh, way to go, Genesee and Troy both. Um, fantastic. Coach Blazard has just built a tremendous program at, at Troy High School. Really cool to see. Um, yeah. We The other big story, I think, from state volleyball for the teams up north probably is uh, in 5A, where Post Falls took third and Lake City ended up taking fourth place. Yeah, they, they matched up, obviously, in the first round, too. Um, you know, so both those teams to, to take the, the hard road back to the hardware is, um, you know, definitely nothing to, to be ashamed of. I think it was a great showing by both programs and an ability to come home with hardware. At, you know, having to face your league opponent in the opening round and both of your teams are still able to finish, is, is a that's a huge testament and, and a very competitive bracket, too. Definitely. And then, you know, the, the 3A and the 2A tournaments especially were gauntlets, I feel like. But, you know, Bonner's Ferry came down and competed, as did St. Mary's. They just, I mean, the field was so stacked. It was Moscow crazy. showed up well and got a first-round win, too. And, yeah. Um, you know, but that 4A bracket was stacked, <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, we saw Skyview drop their first set of the year um, at State to Columbia, I believe, was the team that took their first set from them all season. Um, which was pretty impressive, but um, obviously they, they, they walked their way to the championship, but yeah, just a great job by Moscow even to go down there and compete well as well. Yeah. I think people were looking at that, that uh, top half of the bracket on Friday going boy century in Moscow. Those are the teams yeah. that are playing in this, in one of the semifinals. We weren't expecting that. And you're right. Moscow uh, was kind of unheralded all year and uh, had a great opening round win at state. You're absolutely correct. Therefore, the Bears. Yeah. 
So congrats to all of our volleyball teams that went and competed and, and congrats to Troy for bringing home a championship as well. Uh, it was really fun to see everyone. Com- well, it was fun to try and see everyone compete. Uh, yeah. Sometimes that was easier. Than yeah, I mean, you won't get yeah. into it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways. We could say what we were able to actually watch, but yeah. Anyways, uh, let's, let's move into fo- – let's quickly pivot into football and get away Perfect. from that landmine. Um, okay. Uh, I think the most compelling game that involved a team from the North in the first round, because there were, there were a lot of blowouts along the way. Um, it wasn't a very competitive weekend. Do you want to get the blowouts out of the way? Well, I, I wanted to start with the best, uh, okay. the best games first. And I think, I think we have to start in Bonners Ferry where you were on Saturday yeah. because the Badgers get a 21 to seven win over Wood River. It's their first postseason win since 2003, but this was a tight game yeah. all the way through. Right, Ryan? Yeah, it was, it was a great game. And I got to give hats off. Barnes Ferry, like the, the whole town was there. It seemed, I mean, they showed up, they were tailgating in the parking lot, barbecuing, playing games. Like it literally felt like a small college atmosphere. It was super cool. Um, and I got to give them credit because that was that was an awesome event. Like I rolled up and I'm like, what is this? This is awesome. I mean, it was literally probably the best thing I've seen in a couple of years of doing football in North Idaho. That was the coolest environment on a, on a really actually beautiful Saturday afternoon, too. Um, but, yeah, they were stoked to have us there and they had T-shirts made for their run. And they had their coach mic'd up on on one of the Spokane news stations the previous Friday night. And when they won, he was Freudian slip, but caught himself. And so he's like, holy sh- Nikes. And so they put that on the t-shirt and all the coaches had playoff beards. They made a deal with the kids at the beginning of the season. Um, I know that's going to be the title, isn't it? Holy sh- Nikes. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, they made a deal with the kids at the beginning of the year that they will shave their beards after their first loss. So guess what? Those coaches still got big old beautiful beards, every single one of them. And uh, I don't think they want to shave those anytime soon. So, um, but yeah, they showed up stingy defense. I mean, it was hats off to Wood River. They were able to pass the ball fairly well. Um, But then Bonners put the clamps down in the second half and, you know, Wood River made a bit of a run and Bonners Ferry got a couple turnovers and turned them into touchdowns. And that was, that was it. But, um, you know, Cleo Hensley played a great game at running back. It wasn't any stat wise that was going to really wow you. Um, they just were very consistent on the back end of that defense and played really well in the secondary um, and limited the big play. They did yeah. a really, really great job. Yeah, Cleo Hensley got all three rushing touchdowns for Bonners Ferry, was the Idaho Sports.com player of the game, as you said. And so now Bonners Ferry hits the road to take on the defending champs from Weezer in the quarterfinals. Uh, you think they're talking to Timberlake at all? Timberlake just went to Weezer in the opening round and only lost. 34 to 27, you know, they were down two scores late in the fourth quarter. They get a touchdown pass to Rajane Oliveira and um, have a chance at the onside kick and they don't recover it. And Weezer ends up running out the clock, but Timberlake uh, pushed Weezer to the brink. Um, and I was pretty impressed by Timberlake's yeah. effort there. There might be some secret sauce in the running game against them. I don't know, but um, you know, while they are, there's similarities. I think there's also big differences because, you know, the way that Timberlake plays offense is a very misdirection driven wing T style to where Bonners Ferry is just like, all right, we're going to line up and we're running here and you're going to pretty much know we're running here. So just go ahead and try to stop it. Um, but they're going to run quarterback power. They're going to run sweep. You know, they're going to run with the running backs. I mean, Blake Rice, quarterback, he's probably the biggest kid on the team. Um, and he runs with a full head of steam too. So I think, you know, Weezer will have their hands full trying to stop that running attack. Um, you know, receiver wise, they've got a couple decent receivers out there on the outside, uh, with Charles Hensley. He can, he can take the back end of the defense off, but it'll be, uh, it'll be a test for the Badgers for sure. But I, I don't think they're going to make it easy for Weezer by any stretch of the imagination. And it wouldn't shock me if, if it's a 14 to 12 type game, it really won't. I like how you mentioned Charles Hensley can take the top off the defense because I, I talked to Logan Green, who uh, broadcasted that 
Timberlake uh, Weezer game. And he told me that's where Weezer really struggled was Timberlake was able to hit a few home runs to Rajane Oliveira, who of course is a dynamic athlete. Yeah. Rajane's Rajane's solid. Yeah. yeah and so, so he said, he said that uh, Weezer wanted to stop him and they were in position to, and it just didn't matter. Cause he, I mean, he just flat blew past him. It wasn't like they had breakdowns or anything. And so it'll be interesting if Charles Hensley can fill that role for Bonner's Ferry, because that's kind of the one area where Weezer is a little susceptible. I think Bonner's Ferry was probably hoping, boy, Timberlake, couldn't you have just gotten blown out? And then that way Weezer is still kind of in comfort mode, and they're not like, okay, we had a a near loss. Let's let's get refocused. I'll have a coming to Jesus moment after yeah. this game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Timberlake. <laughs> I did see one play on Saturday that I don't think I've seen in high school football before, and there was a long pass completion. Uh, from Wood River, they got it down to literally the one yard line. The kids stretched out the ball to try to get it across um, the the goal line, and Blake Rice had a hold of him and literally picked him up. And as he picked him up, Charles Hensley literally stole the ball straight out of his hands and ran it back to the opposite forty five yard line. It was an amazing defensive play that I don't know if I've ever seen something like that, but it was just set up. Rice picked him up, and then he just straight took it like a handoff from the one. And ran it back to the other end. It was an impressive, impressive defensive effort by the Badgers. Yeah, yeah. that's they forced that's... three turnovers in that game, and uh, all three were definitely earned. Pretty epic. So, congratulations to actually Bonner's. four turnovers. Sorry, two fumbles and two interceptions. So, yeah, yeah. No, congratulations to Bonner's Ferry for for getting the win there in the opening round of the playoffs, and then uh, unfortunately, that was the only team from North Idaho that won in the opening well, round. Right? Sam Point. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Okay. Of course. Standpoint. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Standpoint and Bonner's the only two. Otherwise, it, it was tough sledding for everybody else. So let's talk about Standpoint. This was the other yeah. game you were at on Friday night as they hosted Skyview. Um, 63 to 35 was the final score. Did Skyview get a lot of their points in kind of garbage time or was no. it even? No, no. Ma- it was evenly matched for like a half, right? So it was, it was a tied game with three minutes and 40 seconds left in the third quarter. It was okay. tied at 28. And, um, you know, hats off. Gosh, Skyview's quarterback threw for 408 in that game. And, and it's been the thing I've been talking about, about Sandpoint, is if they've got an Achilles heel, it's against the pass. We saw Lake City do it to them. We saw Coeur d'Alene throw it on them. We saw Lewiston throw it on them. Um, you know, if there's an Achilles heel for the Bulldogs, it's, it's definitely in the passing game on defense. And um, Skyview was taking advantage of it. And their quarterback, I mean, cut forth, he looked awesome. I mean, he was he was hitting his guys in stride. He threw a really nice deep couple deep balls. Um, you know, I think it was what four oh eight, four TDs and a pick. So I mean it was he had a great game, but that rushing attack from standpoint was just nuts. So and that's in the, especially in the fourth quarter, they just went bonkers and Max Frank was an absolute beast on the field. I mean, I think he had what 178 rushing and Another 63 in receiving in the game with five touchdowns. I mean, Ben Parker did a great job too, Pettit. But also Joseph Hughes, I mean, he ran for a buck nine. 71 yards came on one carry, but still it was just, you know, a great team effort, I think, from the Bulldogs to just weather the storm in the passing game and then just start feasting, you know, in the fourth quarter. They got a couple turnovers and that was it. Yeah, so the when I saw Sandpoint, it was in their season opener against Delta, Utah at the Rocky Mountain Rumble, Ryan, and they would they would start in a spread formation, and then depending <laughs> on what the defense did, they would audible, and all of a sudden yep. they're in a wing T. Yep, that, and they I do mean, they've done so that all, they've that, done that all yeah. year. Okay, yeah. I, I love that. I love that they've got the versatility to to pull that off, um, and it served them well, obviously, as they now get ready for another home playoff game against. Boy, this is a familiar matchup. The quarterfinal round, Shelly and Sam Shelly at Sandpoint. It's almost like Groundhog Day, right? We've been here before. Yeah, same um, exact round last year as well, the quarterfinals. Yep, so. and it was a touchdown difference in that game. Sandpoint got the win in a really great battle um, last year. You know, Shelly's run heavy, and that plays in Sandpoint does a really good job against the run. I mean, we saw them shut down some great running backs this year. They did a great job against – well, they didn't really shut down John Cornish. They just limited him. Um, but you know, that was against Lakeland. They did a great job in the run game against Lewiston. Um, you know, we talked about, they did a great job, you know, stopping Coeur rushing attack. There's, you know, they played some good running teams, Homedale. They did a great job against the run against them too. 
And so, you know, we knew that the weakness was against the pass. Is Shelly going to be able to hit a few home runs? We'll see. Um, Cause that's going to be, they're going to have to have it if they're going to beat Sandpoint. I don't, if it's going to be rushing attack on rushing attack, Sandpoint's just so dang multiple. They'll throw seven, eight guys will get carries in this game. Um, you know, they, they rush everybody. Wes Benefield gets touches. Um, Brewster in the backfield gets touches. Parker Pettit will keep it. And he'll run it out of the wing tee. He'll run it out of the pistol, out of the shotgun. It doesn't matter. They, they hit you from all different ways. So it'll be, a, you know, how does Shelly do against the run? You know, is there, are their backers active? That's going to be the test in the ball game. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, so Shelly is like a really nice car, but Sandpoint is like the same car, but the deluxe version. Like, yeah. like Sandpoint is does everything that Shelly does, but they do it just a little bit better. I feel it's like, like the so, uh, XLE version of the Toyota Camry versus the Toyota Camry LE. <laughs> yes. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I like Sandpoint in, in this matchup, definitely. Um, let's talk about the other team in 4A, Lakeland. This was a game that I was at on Friday night, Ryan. They went to Pocatello and, oh, man, I'm telling you, you know, nine times out of ten, they probably find a way to win that game. They just – they couldn't have had more uh, game-changing – uh, mistakes essentially it came down to turnovers and penalties Lakeland put the ball on the turf three times in the second half John Cornish had two fumbles Thomas Calder had one the one that hurt the most was Lakeland was down 20 to 14 and they were driving and they were inside the five they hand off to Cornish he's like at the two and the ball gets punched out and Pocatello recovers at the two like Lakeland scores there and they go up 21 20 and Pocatello's offense couldn't do anything and they, they yeah. probably win 21-20 without that turnover. The other thing that killed them was penalties. You know, in the first half, they were driving. They had the ball around the 10-8 yard line. They get a penalty. It puts them back at the 17. I mean, it ended up working out okay because John Cornish is a beast and ended up just scoring on second and goal from the 17 on a run. But um, the key penalty that really hurt them was they're up 14-3 to in the first half, really midway through the second quarter. Pocatello scores to make it 14 to 10 on the extra point try Lakeland gets called for running into the kicker. Pocatello says, yeah, we'll take the yardage on the kickoff. Pokey's kicking off from Lakeland's 45 and they decide, you know what? Everybody in the stadium thinks we're just going to bomb it deep for a touchback. Let's go for the onside kick. The kicker for Pocatello recovered his own onside kick. And from there, Pokey went down and scored again. They all of a sudden had the lead at 17 to 14. They never gave it back. That was a, a critical sequence for Lakeland that was sparked by a penalty. You know, and one of the Lakeland coaches texted me after that game. And he goes, never in my life would you tell me that we could rush for over 300 yards, never punt, and lose the game. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Like, how often does that happen? 99 out of 100 games, that team that gets 300 and doesn't punt wins. And – that didn't happen on Friday and hats off to Pokey for getting the victory over a really good Lakeland team. That's just, you know, the ball it's, you know, the word about football, it's a, you know, funny shaped ball that takes weird bounces and sometimes it bounces in the favor of the other team. And, you know, hats off to Lakeland for a great season. And those kids, I know that senior class really wanted that victory because that would have been the first time in a long time as well for them. Um, but yeah, I think it was like, Oh, eight was the last season that Lakeland had a first round playoff win. Um, they're always there, but it's just, you know, can can they ever overcome that hump? And, uh, you know, John Cornish finishes an amazing career at Lakeland. And, um, you know, hats off to those kids. Yeah, and, you know, Cornish had the two fumbles, but really they both came about because he was fighting for extra yardage, right? Because yeah. he's so hard to bring down. Um, it, you know, there were three, four guys that had him stood up and the play is still going for whatever reason. And then the ball gets ripped out. Yeah. That happened against Sandpoint or against Coeur d'Alene too. So, yeah, I mean, we've seen that before. So, I mean, and that, that happens sometimes when those guys just don't go down. Um, but that's just who he is. He doesn't want to quit. And, you know, sometimes it comes back, it's feast or famine. I mean, either you, you tee off on it and, he gets in a couple extra yards and a tough first down, or you get the turnover, and that, that unfortunately it's probably how it went. So yeah, tough, tough way to go for Lakeland, but they finish off in, in a, ve a very impressive first season under first year coach Mike Schroeder, um, and you can tell he's laying the foundation for Lakeland to yeah to challenge. There's some guys on that roster that they're really high on too for the future. I mean, they're starting a couple sophomores at wide receiver that are going to do some big things. So. You know, there's Ezra Benson's one kid that comes to mind that's going to be a player to watch. 
Yeah, let me real quick give him a shout-out, too, because uh, it's late in the game. Lakeland has the ball because, okay, so Pocatello is leading, right, 20-14. to 14. Uh, That fumble, the third fumble by Lakeland, and you're like, oh, man, there's like three minutes left. Pokey's just going to run out the clock. Well, Pocatello fumbles on an exchange. They took a shotgun snap, and the, the handoff between quarterback and running back never got there. So Pokey fumbles. Lakeland recovers, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, Lakeland's got a chance now. Um, they had no timeouts remaining, but they throw this strike right at midfield, like right at the 50-yard line, and Ezra Benson has to go up to make the catch, and he does, and then he gets absolutely destroyed, like the hardest like clean hit I've seen in a long time in high school football, and he held on to the ball. Even though he got popped and fell down and needed a second to get his breath to get back up, he held onto the ball and made the big 20 yard grab for a first down for Lakeland. It was so impressive to see Ezra Benson. Make yeah. That play. So. He's going to be, he's going to be a dude and he plays really well in the defensive side of the ball too. So um, that's going to be definitely a name to watch in the future. And I don't we know if we want to beat the dead horse with that, but I'm um, talking about that game, but yeah, it's just, there's going to be a lot there. And I, I look at like North Idaho and, you know, we didn't have the best opening round. Let's be honest about that. But I think there's a lot of bright spots to look at. Um, and then there's some bright spots this weekend, too, with, with the games coming up as well. Definitely. All right, let's talk about 5A. Lewiston uh, loses to Middleton 14-7. to Very surprising because Middleton's defense isn't known for being, like, stout, right? They typically have been a kind of a Swiss cheese defense. And for Lewiston to only get seven points was very surprising to me. They they scored first. Jackson yeah. Lathan ran in a touchdown. They were up 7 nothing, and then – and then nothing the rest of the turnovers, way. man. Turnovers yeah. is where it happens, and that's that'll cost you games and give you nightmares, especially at the end of the season. Um, I know it's one that they probably want to have back because I think you know Middleton played a spirited effort, though. I mean, that's they played their best game of the year against Lewiston. I think that that was definitely evident in that one, but um, especially defensively, but with what they did to Lewiston's offense, but. You know, Lewiston was able to move the ball. They had their opportunities. You know, they got down around the red zone a couple times and coughed it up. And, you know, that you can't have that if you're going to expect to win a first-round playoff game. And, you know, unfortunately, the Bengals season ends early. Yeah, it's too bad for them. But they, again, had a fantastic season, Um, a 7-3 and record. Lakeland also finished the year 7-3. and So, uh, you know, congrats to both of those teams. Um, let's talk about the 5A game that is happening this week. It's uh, uh, in Post Falls. Post Falls got a first round bye. Boy, now they get to host Rocky Mountain. <laughs> congrats, congrats on winning your league. You're yeah. Rocky Mountain, guys. You know, and how Rocky's in that situation, too, with only one loss in the year. I mean, it's just like you look at it and you're like, really? Really? Come on now. Like, but I mean, you got to play with what's there. I mean, Rocky having to play a first round playoff game was just, to me, it looked. I mean, it didn't make much sense because of how good they are. But, uh, you know, that's that's the way the seeding takes place in the SIC. And so, um, you know, Rocky's on the road Friday night at Post Falls. Post Falls is going to have to play their best game of the year. Um, and, and, you know, the thing is I'm, I'm looking at Mike. So how good is Post Falls? You know, they their wins this year have been really, really impressive. So they beat Sunnyside which is a central Washington team. They were the champions of their conference. They're ranked in the top 20 in the state of Washington. They beat Mount Spokane, which was the greater Spokane league champions, which is a top 20 team in the state of Washington. So they have, their resume is impressive. If you look at some of their wins, they have a tough loss, obviously to skyline from Utah, um, which happened. I believe that game was played at Middleton high school, a neutral site game. Um, you know, so you look at some of their, their losses and you're like, okay, like I think if they play that game again, you know, I'm, the outcome could be different. But um, so I think people are sleeping on Sandpoint a little bit or starting at Sandpoint Post Falls a little bit because they've got two losses on the record. They're from the north. Okay, whatever. But this is a pretty legit unit that's got a lot of young kids on their team that are playing hungry. And they're definitely, you know, you look at it, their youngsters are playing up. They're matching the level of this juniors and senior class. And so, you know, the wins that they've got have been very impressive. So I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's a blowout. I think people are thinking that, you know, Rocky might go in there and walk all over Post Falls. I think it's going to be a really competitive game because Post Falls defense is, is elite. They're really, really good, really, really disciplined and very physical. So you get a defense like that in the playoffs on what's probably going to be a really, really crummy field conditions. It's, 
I think it's going to narrow the gap in the game a little bit. Yeah, and Rocky does the same exact thing, right? They they hang their hat on their defense. Um, they can beat you different ways on offense. They have Art Williams, the great running back, Tegan Sweeney at quarterback, and uh, post falls certainly with Jake Bustamante can control the clock as well. My yeah, the question to me is going to be is can post Falls' offense score enough points against a Rocky defense that may be the best in five A football, and if they can then they're right in the ballgame. Because Rocky, yeah. you know, they put up 51 points against CUNA, but that was kind of the outlier. You know, Rocky wasn't this big offensive juggernaut this year. They were, you know, a couple times in the 30s, but mostly in the 20s. So, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, I mean, we'll they're see. really controlling up front on defense, and, you know, they limit yardage and limit the big play. Um, you know, so it's like, what are they going to do against, you know, Bustamante, Tevin Burns coming in, pacing Jake in the running game? Um, you know, I think, can they get Tevin involved in the passing game too? I think that's going to be, if they can get him in the slot a little bit and get him in space, he's a, he, no pun intended. He's a burner. Like that kid's super fast. Um, Tevin Burns is. And so if they can get him in the slot and get him in space, you know, it gives them a chance for, for an extra weapon out there on the edge um, offensively for post falls. I think the real test is going to be up front. You know, how's that offensive line do um, against a really, really good front from Rocky mountain. Um, you know, that's going to be, you know, obviously a game that's out here on Idaho sports, but um, yeah, it should be a good test for, for the Trojans. And, you know, if they can keep it close, I like them in close games. I really do. Yeah. It'll be a fun matchup to watch for sure. Let's go to two a where St. Mary's had to hit the road and go to Aberdeen for the opening round of the playoffs. They dropped the game 52 to eight. Uh, they just gave up too, too much uh, in the run game, too many chunk plays where five yep. yards, six yards, five yards. So, um, but St. Mary's competed well. They finished the year three and six. Trey Gibson scored the touchdown for the Lumberjacks and uh, a nice season for, for Coach Craig Teft and the Lumberjacks. And now Kellogg uh, had the first round by. I know Wildcat fans are upset that Kellogg won their district and has to hit the road. But the reality is there are five districts in Idaho. By virtue, somebody is going to be that fifth seed. And, yep. you know, Kellogg really has – and again, this is a North Idaho prep cast and I'm going to alienate the Kellogg fans, but you know, Kellogg has a couple of losses on their resume that, yeah, that hurt them. schedule. Yeah. yeah I mean, in, the, in max preps. So, yeah. I mean, the, their league, let's be honest, isn't, isn't the strongest. And so, you know, wins over priest river, St. Mary's Grangeville, they're not going to boost your max preps rankings. And, you know, that's no fault of their own. That's the schedule that they have to play. Um, but that means that you've got to hold, hold, hold suit in your non-conference schedule as well. Um, which, you know, you lost to Bonners, who's a good team. Um, they lost to Deer Park in Washington, who's a solid team. Um, you know, Lakeside and Washington's a really good team. But um, you got to win at least a couple of those games. You can't go into the playoffs with, with that slate of losses and expect to get a, a, a top three seed. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so now, but Kellogg can, can prove, they you know, put up for shut-up time, they can prove that, by going on the road and knocking out, you know, a Bear Lake. really tough team yeah. in, in Bear Lake. And so that's the other question is, well, how come Kellogg isn't the five seed and they're playing the four seed Declo? Well, everything gets reseeded. The eight quarterfinal teams all get reseeded one through eight based on their max preps ranking. And as we talked about, Kellogg had the lowest max preps ranking among the teams uh, that were playing there. So I guess I should say the bottom four teams, right? The four district, the top four district champions automatically get to host. And then from there, everyone else is seeded five through eight based on max prep. So that's why Kellogg has to go all the way to Bear Lake. Um, I will say this is going to be a tough matchup. You know, temperatures on Friday night when this game is kicking off at six o'clock are going to be in the twenties. So it's going to be a cold night, could be windy, could make passing the ball somewhat difficult. And for Bear Lake, I think that's why they said, we'll go ahead and play this at our place. And not Yeah, we're not, we're not going to Holt. No, no, yeah. we're not going to Holt. <laughs> but Kellogg on turf? No. <laughs> yeah. So can the Wildcats, can they run the ball? And can they, Bear Lake loves to chew up the clock with long possessions. Can they get a stop on third down and get off the field defensively, I think will be the keys for Kellogg. Yeah, I mean, if Kellogg can come out, I mean, we see them pass the ball 40 times a game, though. That's the thing. It's like, you know, if they're going to come out running, that's against their identity. And so, you know, they're going to have to go back to the offense they ran, you know, 
two, three years ago and, and until they installed kind of this open air raid type look, but um, you know, I don't know if they're built to run the ball in bad conditions. I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way to get the ball in the Varick Meredith stands. Maybe they put it in the backfield. I don't know. Um, you know, he's a, he's a pretty stout individual that's going to be able to carry the load. I think if you're going to put somebody in the running game, that's probably the route I would go. Um, you know, and then obviously you've got Ripley and Colby that, you know, Ripley does well on the scramble game, you know, and, and Colby makes his catches downfield, but like, that's just, you know, they make matchup nightmares in the passing game, but you know, what, what can they do when the passing game's not there? If the conditions don't allow it, I, that's a big question mark. And I know that I'm going to probably take some heat from Kellogg fans for saying this, but you know, you, you marry one way of doing things. You're kind of stuck with that. And, you know, I've been a coach long enough too to know that, you know, you're, if you have an identity and you work on it, you have to stick with it. You can't change midstream and expect to see, you know, extreme success. And so, I mean, it's going to favor Bear Lake, I think, a little bit just based on how they play offense and their defense is, is very disciplined. Um, but it's going to take – if they can get an offensive explosion to start the game where they get out on a 21-0 run or something like that for Kellogg, I think Kellogg can can hang and, and come away with a win. But you're going to have to play the best team at some point. So why not in this round knock them out and then it makes your next game easier? I mean, that's the way – if I'm coach, that's how I'm pitching it. Definitely. And – and then you're in Holt Arena, guaranteed for that next game where anything can happen for sure. So yeah, you're yep. right. You know, you can still pass the ball in in inclement weather. It's not going to be the deep ball that we've seen Kellogg run all year, though. It's going to be possession, five yard drags. You know, but that's a, what that's what they do well, and yeah, and they so make they guys miss. The yeah. yeah, they make guys miss. So I mean, you get your best athletes in space, and that's how they play offense. They'll throw it seven eight yards down the field. And then they'll hope a couple of tackles get broken. And that's if you watch film on Kellogg, that's really where they make a ton of their yards. Yeah, they do hit the bomb, but a lot of it's done after yards after catch and yards after contact. Yeah, big opportunity for Kellogg to go on the road and deliver a statement, uh, not just for their team, but for North Idaho football yep. in general, which always gets slighted this time of year. And, you know, based on how the first round went, you know, probably deserved a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's go eight man football. Uh, 1A D1 Lapway and Clearwater Valley both had to hit the road for the opening round. Tough matchups, both fall. You know, Lapway falls 72 to 28. Um, you know, Lapway, I went back and watched the film. Terrell Ellenwood Jones did his thing, they just they weren't consistent enough at picking up first downs. Um, yep. and they had some quick possessions that gave the ball right back to Butte County. So, you know, I wanted to, I was trying to find stuff on sale for Halloween decorations yesterday. Cause I was looking for a crow that <laughs> I was gonna have to bring on the show and like take a bite out of it. Cause I, I was like adamant that there the white pine was going to get those first two round wins and I got to eat some crow today. But uh, I mean, it's a tough matchup for both teams to go on the road that far, but yeah, like you said, cons- inconsistency will get you. And that's what happened to both teams. It really yeah. is. You know, I took I went and took my public flogging on Saturday. I was at the Clearwater Valley Raptor game, <laughs> and after after the game was over, uh, I had no shortage of Raptor fans come up to the booth to tell me, "Oh boy, glad you made that prediction on the podcast last week." <laughs> so I I we get bulletin board materials all we're doing right. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, here's what happened there. Raft River was a team that shouldn't be the number seven seed. They had two losses to end the year because they were missing their starting quarterback, Tate Whitaker, and their best defensive player, Trey Whitaker, who, by the way, plays running back and offensive line all at the same time for Raft River on offense. Without those two, Raft River is a fundamentally different team, and both of those guys were back on Saturday. This is a full-strength Raft River team, and I believe that Raft River could get all the way to the championship as the number seven seed with all of their guys healthy. So it's no slight on Clearwater Valley. And at the same time, the Rams just suffered injuries at the absolute worst time. There was a play very early on in the third quarter where uh, Louis Fabby and Carson Schilling were both making a play on defense. They were both tackling the ball carrier and, and both guys, you know, it took them a long time to get up off the field. And so you're talking about Schilling and Fabby. Well, they also play on offense, right? And that's the problem with eight-man football is the depth is so low. And so Louis Fabby and Carson Schilling both had to leave the game. Um, Louis Fabby did come back after a couple of possessions. Carson Schilling never did return. We hope he's okay. 
Um, and, and what happened was then Tiago Pickering had to take over at quarterback and his very first snap, you know, he's not used to going under center and taking the snap and, you know, they fumble the snap and Rat River recovers. And, and this is, this is why I bring this up is because as Clearwater Valley was getting ready to go back on to the field on offense and Tiago Pickering was going to have to play quarterback again, Alan Hutchins, the head coach for Clearwater Valley, who I have a lot of respect for. He's one of the, the good guys in, in high school athletics. He, he grabs Tiago Pickering and, and you can tell they're having a close conversation. And, and I didn't get a chance to ask him what he told Tiago Pickering, but I think it was something along the lines of, Hey, it's okay. You've got this. You're the guy. You're going to have to lead this team, and I know it's not ideal conditions and everything like that, but I've got complete confidence in you. And because you could tell on that second possession that Tiago Pickering, like a totally different player. Um, and so I don't know. That's just one of those small moments that doesn't always get covered. But I thought whatever Coach Hutchins said to Tiago Pickering in that moment got him kind of calmed down because he's just a sophomore too. Yeah, you know, this you is know, it first- may have been. Hey, this is your team next year you know, for the next yeah. couple of years, like this is your, you know, you got to go play with house money now, go out and have fun. You're in a playoff game. You can either go out and look like a hero, you know, or you can go out and, you know, take your lumps and then hope that next year we start better. But, you know, this is a chance to get a jump start on next year. Go out and show out what you got. We know that you can do this and you're going to get the keys to the car eventually. So you're getting them a little earlier. Here you go. Um, and you know, as a, as a coach, like giving the raw, raw speech like that helps a little bit. The kids sometimes, sometimes it helps you more than anything as a coach because you're, you're trying to convince yourself too. Um, there's, I'm not going to lie about that, but, um, but yeah, I think it's just a, it's a really hard spot because you, you're throwing them in a playoff game against a really sound opponent too. And that's just, yeah, it's, it's a tough place to be for a sophomore kid in the playoff game coming in with cold snaps. That's hard. But, yeah, I, I mean, it was yeah. it was one of those long conversations where his head's leaned in against his helmet. They're talking very closely, and you could just tell that there was, you know, whatever message yeah. he was delivering, well received. So, and and, and again, and Alan and I talked about this before the game on the field that there's no way I'm going to swear here. There's no way in hell that Clearwater Valley is a ten seed. It just yeah. isn't possible that they went five and three and have to go on the road. I still contend. If Clearwater Valley is a higher seed, they win in the first round of the playoffs. And then yeah. the White Pine League gets the justification it deserves. I, I'll stay, I'll die on that hill. So. Yeah, and that's just the way that things are seeded. And that's a that's an off-season podcast that we can do. But yeah. um because so. I've talked about it with Paul too this weekend as he was up here, and you know, we were talking about classifications and how things shake out and things that we that could be fixed and tweaked. And um, you know, we all have as as quote unquote experts, right? We all have ideas and we all have things that we could do. But um, at the end of the day, you know, the rules are in front of you and what you got to do and you got to take care of your role. What's my job? What's everybody else's job? And their jobs to win. And, you know, you, rankings, you don't have any control over. You just have control over the results on the field. And yeah, I agree that they're not a 10 seed. No way. But at the same time, you're going to have to beat those guys at some point. So why not take care of it in that game that you're in? Because in theory, it should make your next game easier. But, you know, there is no easy games in the postseason. That's true. That's a fair point. At the end of the day, you got to win when yeah. you're presented with the opportunity. Paul Kingsbury, our boss you're talking about there, he's one of those state of Ada guys. Anytime I have a conversation with him, it's all, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you've got further traction than I have. Oh, oh we did. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't take that from him much at all. I think there's there's some loyalty there because I think the familiarity starts kind of like how I side tend to side with like the District 1 and District 2 teams a little bit because the homer in me comes out. But right. um, I think, you know, respect is due and respect is due. And you look at, you know, teams like Kendrick, um, which we'll talk about. But, you know, we – there's there's times where you have to like accept it and acknowledge that like okay yeah our best team is out of this district or out of the whatever you know but um you know and then also what's what's affecting your bottom line if you got a lot of advertisers in a certain area you're hoping that they go a long ways in the playoffs <laughs> so. right definitely that's the business side of it for sure so. yeah all right uh so Kamii is the only team left from the north in eight man football one ad one they will host Butte County this is no this final eight is going to be tough no matter what. Um, I will have to earn it against Butte County. They do have the advantage of playing at home. I don't know how this game goes, to be honest. I, I really don't. I'll probably pick Kamii just because they're the home team, and Butte County has been a little inconsistent this year. But, man, this is going to be a, a tough matchup and a fun game. 
Yeah, you're gonna have to cue like the the crazy music of you know something because I think that you're gonna see probably seven eight fumbles in the game. It's gonna be sloppy field conditions. I mean, we're looking possibly the, uh, tomorrow night. North Idaho is gonna get in depending on the area anywhere from you know two to four or five inches of snow. Um, so I like Camille's running game. I really do. Colton O'Kane does a great job in the backfield. Nels Clute at quarterback's great. I mean, there's there's or David Clute, sorry. Nels oh, is the coach. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the coach. <laughs> He's playing. Oh, yeah, I take the coach all day. Um, but no, like, yeah, David does a great job at quarterback. They're, they're a very opportunistic defense as well. They get takeaways. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me Kimmy wins this game. I mean, yeah, I like the home field advantage too. A little bit of home cooking doesn't do anybody any harm. So that's a that's a hard bus trip because there is no easy way into Kimmy. No, there is not. And that's about as far as you can go from Arco to, to Kami. Uh, that's, that's a pretty long trip. For Unless sure. you're going to like Clark Fork. But yeah, I mean, I still think Kami is a harder drive just because there's no freeway. There's no, you're two lane in it pretty much the entire way. That's right. Well, let's, let's talk about Clark Fork. That's where Paul Kingsbury was at on Saturday. And he said, you know what? Uh, me being able to go to Clark Fork and experience that made the trip up north totally worth it. Uh, yeah. I, Great atmosphere at Clark Fork. The, the Wampus Cat fans were super excited to host a playoff game. I don't know. Clark Fork's been to the playoffs, you know, in years past, but I don't know when was the last time they hosted a playoff game. I can't remember. I, I honestly can't recollect the last time they hosted a playoff game. And, you know, North Idaho in, in fall is just there's something different about it. I mean, you get obviously a lot of the tamarack trees are turning yellow and the settings just look different. They look all, I mean, it was all Bonner's Ferry was awesome. I mean, it's the setting there too, but Clark Fork's cool. It's a beautiful drive along the North shore of Lake Ponderay. Um, you know, it's just, you know, some of those areas that people don't really get a chance to do. And Paul did a time-lapse video trip yeah. and I was seeing people, you know, coaches from across the state commenting on it. Like, man, I take that trip in a heartbeat. Like that's, yeah. I mean, just for the aesthetics of it, it's, it's worth the trip, but um, yeah, Clark Fork just, had a tough time showing up. I mean, as far as the team, that's a, a tough, tough draw in the first round too with uh, Castle Ford. And that's just a, you know, hats off on a good season, but you know, you can't hang your hat too much on getting shut out in the first round. That's really, really tough. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is Castle Ford was the final four team last year. They're probably a final four team again this year. So it's just a tough first round opponent to be sure. Like you said, but how exciting it was that Clark Ford got to host the playoff game. How exciting that uh, Lewis County got to host a playoff game Friday night uh, at Highland High in Craigmont. Um, they hosted Garden Valley. The Eagles lose 47-8, to so Lewis County's season is over. Um, again, they were very uh, injury-stricken towards the end of the year. The fact that they were able to get to the playoffs was a yeah. pretty big accomplishment. So I think a couple of those injuries turned the tide, obviously, for that game. I think that that makes it a, a totally different ball game. Uh, with a couple of those kids that would be back in their roster, but you know Lewis County to find their way into the playoffs, and not necessarily backsliding their way in either. They they fought their way into the playoffs and they earned their ticket there um, to host a game. But you know the Eagles had a great season. I think that you know it sets a lot for the the younger kids on the team too. That you know they can continue the. We've been there now. Okay, like take a deep breath. We can go there again. Like we can do it again next year. But it's going to take effort in the offseason, obviously. But, yeah, that was a, a great showing by them this year. And, you know, we'll see what the offseason holds for a lot of these teams that, you know, got blown out in the first round. I think that, you know, there's a lot that can be learned in a in a loss. As Ben Franklin says, things that hurt instruct. And uh, I think there's a lot of teachable moments in some of these losses, for sure. Definitely. And then you, had, uh, you have Kendrick <laughs> carrying the flag. For eight man football in North Idaho, along with Kamii. Um, so Kendrick is going to host Camas County, the Mushers, on Saturday, 2 p.m. at Lewiston High. Ryan, you're going to be at this game for Idaho Sports. I will. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's like college game day. I'm coming for you, right? Uh, so see if they roll out the red carpet for me. I don't know. But uh, Kendrick, on, you know, decent, hopefully should be decent field conditions. I think Kendrick on any, you could put Kendrick on a sand pit and I still take them in a game. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a finally. I mean, I really say a decent opponent for the for the Tigers um, in this game. I think they're going to get tested a couple times, but I really look for them to roll, especially late. You get that thing; it's like a well-oiled machine. It just starts going, and it's hard to stop. And uh, 
Yeah, I like the Tigers, and I like them big in this one. For the first time since probably the Oakley game, Ty Cap may play the entire game for yeah, Kendrick. That's that very true. Sense. Good, yeah. yeah, very true point. And um, I think it's good for him because I think there's some little cobwebs you're probably going to have to knock off a little bit at the beginning of the game. It wouldn't surprise me if there's maybe a turnover somewhere in there. But and that's no slight to Ty. I think it's just the way of you know trying to get your momentum moving and maybe you get like a fumble or something like that. It's just an exchange or something, but um, I don't want to jinx anybody, but I think that they come back and really blow the doors off of this one and texting, you know, one of my good friends is their offensive coordinator. And so it's a chance to kind of talk smack, get him fired up. Oh, this Camas County team's really good. Like, you know, let's see if I can play some, some head games with him. <laughs> right. And so while you're in Lewiston on Saturday, Ryan, I'm going to be in Mullen. For, oh, we're trading. Yeah, we're trading places. Yeah, we are. We're trading places. I'm going to be in Mullen for Mullen St. Regis hosting Garden Valley in a 182 quarterfinal. We just saw about Garden. six inches of snow. Yes, I called Stetson Spooner, the, the head football coach and athletic director at Mullen yesterday. I said, Hey, I'm coming up to cover the game. He said, Bring your coat. <laughs> yeah, no, they got snow today. So, yeah, there's there's jackknife semis on I-90 right now on Lookout Pass. So uh, can't wait to drive through that. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, though, that play, I mean, they're going to be licking their chops for that one. You get those – the kids up there built different. And uh, I think they're going to be feasting for an opportunity to to find their way. And then next week I would say they're probably playing the Kibbe Dome. But if they're going to, you know, win this game. But – it's a winnable game for, for St. Mole and St. Regis. I really do think that's a winnable game, especially in those conditions. And I'd love to see them move on. I'd love to see an all North final. I think that would be the, for the fans, especially would be awesome. But for the state too, I think that's a great story with Mole and St. Regis and what they're doing there and turning things around. Coach Spooner's done such a fantastic job. And uh, well, especially not just this year, but the last few years too. And, you know, it's one of those unsung coaches. I think he's, at the top of his game in the state. And I, I want to see him get the recognition because he does a great job, not just X's and O's, but motivating his kids. And, you know, I think that really is an undersold point with him as a coach. So, yeah, I want to see the Tigers win big there. And and really, you know, Coach Spooner has done a great job, but, uh, I, you know, some credit needs to be given as well to the St. Regis side of it. And Jesse yeah. Allen, the coach from St. Regis, has also – um, done a very nice job. They just they work well together. They they really yeah. do mesh. It's it's pretty cool. So. Yeah, it's like the the law firm <laughs> up there, yeah. you know. So, but it's uh no, it's a it's a great a great pairing. I think both those communities have rallied around both of the teams too. And obviously, being able to be in the Idaho State playoffs, um, it means a, a lot to the community and um the silver valley just you know when they see success they they rally i mean it's, it doesn't matter if it's kellogg wallace or wherever the community shows up so i expect to see, you would probably see a fairly full house there on saturday afternoon for that game yeah it's going to be rowdy for sure it's going to be a good time i can't wait to go up there they know how to have fun in the silver valley <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt um I had a really nice time covering Wallace's girls basketball team at state last year. I'm excited to go cover Mullen St. Regis and football this, this weekend. It's going to be a good time for sure. So yeah, get a chance to see, see up North. That's awesome. Yes. So again, if uh, you want to see all the football games we're covering this weekend, just click on the game streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com. And uh, every game that we're covering uh, will be listed there. I think right now, Ryan, uh, 24 quarterfinal games across the state. We are uh, projected to cover 18 of the 24 games, which is pretty Some good. Some of them are geographically just so hard to get to. Yeah. You can't beat every one of them, but the fact that we're doing that many is is awesome. Yes. Um, so, anyways, check it out at idahosports.com. Uh, enjoy the postseason competition, everybody. We'll be back next week. To Yeah, I'm hoping we get some wins, so this isn't my last week doing games up north. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got we to gotta keep it going, so do it for Skaggs. That's right. Yeah, I don't want football season to be over up here. I mean, that means I'm stuck making chili at home or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's funny. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.